Oi, oi, and welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Dee Nussbaum, and as always, my good friend, Southdown chum, bearded legend, Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much indeed, and welcome everybody to episode number 75. Wow. We are steamrolling it to, to, to episode 100, can't <laughs> wait for that one. Um, but in the meantime, Welcome back. Uh, we've got a jam-packed episode for you this week. Hopefully it won't go on longer than, than necessary. But we've got lots of views, lots of fellow fan views as well. Uh, this is the only place that you'll get comprehensive roundup of, uh, of news on all things that are going on at Orient. So let's not uh, mess around any longer. Crack on with updates starting with the Supporters Club. Yep, so Supporters Club updates. So next Saturday, uh, Grimsby away coaches leave uh, at 8am. Costs are as follows. £33 for adults, £30 concessions and a £3 surcharge for non-members. So that's next Saturday, Grimsby away. And then that's followed uh, on Saturday the 3rd of September with the Morecambe match as coaches leave the Supporters Club even earlier at half past seven. Again, £33 adults, £30 concessions and a £3 surcharge to members to book. There's two ways you can book. You can either phone the travel line on 07722135970 or you can book in the supporters club at any upcoming home matches. So if you want to go down to the away games to support the Orient, <coughs> no final way to travel than on the supporters coaches. Absolutely. And uh, moving on, The Greater Game uh, is a play based on the Steve Jenkins book, They Took the Lead. It's sponsored by the Royal British Legion. It's got Charlie Clements, who's uh, famously known as Bradley Brannan from EastEnders. Bradley. <laughs> Bradley, my son. Um, Nick Hancock, uh, who probably needs no introduction. They think uh, he's. They think it's all over, Room 101. Uh, and also uh, a chap called Danny Walters, who was in Benidorm, for those of you familiar with that show, that ITV show. It's going to be uh, on at the Southwark Playhouse from September the 15th to October the 15th. And um, you can get yourself some tickets. You can do that by uh, going on the website, which is www.southwarkplayhouse.co.uk or you can call 0207 407 0234. And actually, I stand corrected. It's till October the 16th. So that's September the 15th to October the 16th. Um, tickets are priced at £10 for the previews. Standard is £20 and concessions and group tickets are £16. So in addition to that, there's also a track uh, by Barry Galvin called The Greater Game that's available on uh, digital uh, formats such as iTunes and Amazon. Uh, 79p on iTunes and 69p on Amazon Digital. We'll play uh, a piece of the track at the end of the podcast. So get downloading it. Money for a great cause and a great track and a a great Orient song. So uh, yeah. that's our kind of promo stroke plug done for this yeah. episode. We, we should be proud of the history that our club has and uh, not many clubs can, can do that. So any support that you can give the song and or the, the play would be genuinely appreciated. Just uh, thank you in advance for that. So moving on to Sunday the 7th of August, the club held an open training session at, uh, at Brisbane Road where fans could watch the team being put through their paces and obviously meet the players for signatures and pictures after. Yeah, so I couldn't go to that, but you did. So I did. So well done for going. Yeah, so it was lovely. It was really, the weather was great. Yeah. Uh, I got there a bit later than I expected to. I uh, just couldn't get myself out the door that morning, but it yeah. was cool. Um, fairly well turned out. Yeah. Um, uh, all the players obviously were there. So the, those that had played on Saturday in the game weren't doing a full session yeah. but but generally there, there was a full session going on hour and a half I think it ended at about 12 o'clock I thought it was well worth it and I think they should be done every year to be honest with you I think kids big and small you know yeah. loved it they really enjoyed getting to have a chat with their heroes obviously for Hess the main question was about Jay Simpson and what's going on and this that, and the other but you know um he wants Simpson to play as much as anybody else. So I think that was one of the good things about Meet the Chairman Evening, that he came up and Meet the Chairman Evening to Bichetti in terms of we've not had one in the last couple of years. What's going on? And then two days later, the club announced that there was to be one. So good progress on the back of it. Yeah, and it's good that, that, that they are able to listen um, and, and sort of they are able to hear what, what people want. And I think it was a good, it was a good day. Yeah. Perhaps a bit more advanced planning would have, would have given them a little bit more of a turnout. But, yeah. you know, I think generally it was good. Um, club shop was well stocked got some good merch in there now some pretty good merch it's improved Yeah. Uh, not just the clothing or the apparel stuff but they've got sort of novelty bits and pieces as well which I think it was lacking last year um, and also uh, thanks to Charlie and Colin um, I was able to catch up with three players so thank you very much guys for, for allowing us five minutes 
uh, with each of um, each of the guys that we've got set up now. And the first um, interview that we're going to do, uh, that I'm going to play for you now, is uh, a catch up with Captain, new Captain Robbie Weir. So this is what Robbie had to say. Robbie, thanks very much for, for joining us at the Open Day. Um, first of all, just, I suppose, really how the move to Warwick came about and what made you sign f- for us, really? Uh, yeah, I got a, um, a phone call from uh, Jerome William Williams, uh, who was here last season, uh, saying, obviously, um, that someone from the club wanted uh, to speak to me, uh, Roberto. Uh, and I said, yeah, of course, like, obviously passed him a number on and stuff. Um, I've had, I had a few offers and stuff before that. Uh, but obviously, you know, I got speaking to them, um, you know, and uh, they told me what their aims were this season, and you know, what the plans were, and uh, you know, that's it's something that excited me. Uh, I came down, had a look around, and then agreed terms. So you spoke to Hess before you signed. Yeah, well, obviously yeah. before before signing things, obviously it was all up in up in the air who was getting the manager's job. But you know, I think behind closed doors, they kind of kind of knew. Uh, yes, I spoke to the gaffer, Joe, his, his plans and stuff. Uh, you know what he wanted from me, uh, what he wanted from his team this season, and obviously what the aims were for the for the club from obviously the chairman uh, was obviously promotion. Uh, obviously, previous to being a burden, we've got two promotions, uh, and it's something that I, I wanted more more off. Joe, um, I've got the taste of success and uh, what, a, what, what not be a better club and come to Leighton Orient get success here Absolutely and obviously relocated from from uh, from Burton as well so hopefully that's not been too traumatic No it's been alright um, Joe it's, it's just London it's just very very busy um, but no I'm getting used to it uh, Joe lucky enough we're not in, right in the centre of London Joe we're quite outside a little bit so it's not as busy uh, my wife and uh, my little girl they're, they're just staying up in Derby where I've got a house um, and I'm I'm staying down here with uh, Joe, a couple of lads in a house. But yeah, Joe, it's, I've, I feel like I've settled in well. Uh, the lads have made us feel welcome. Joe, that's all the new lads uh, as well. Uh, Joe, and obviously the uh, it's going to be a long season, but Joe, I think uh, I think it's it, it could be a positive season. I think from our experiences in the past, I think people that are settled, players that are settled off the pitch, show it on the pitch as well. So I think what you've highlighted there is, is, is obviously very important. Yeah, definitely. I think that's that's just natural of the game. You know, if, if you're not settled off, uh, off the pitch, you know, it's going to affect your game on a Saturday or a Tuesday. Uh, but you know, if, if, if you've got a base where you're working from and you feel settled and um, you know, you've got your routine and what have you, and then you know the, the football looks after itself because you're nice and uh, content kind of thing. But yeah, you know, I, I feel like I've settled in well. Uh, you know, and looking forward to the next uh, first home game uh, off, off the season. Um, you know, next Saturday, and uh, yeah, it should be a good atmosphere. And hopefully, you know, not not too disappointed about the game um, Saturday against uh, Cheltenham. You know, I think it was it was a positive note. Uh, you know, I, I still think we're not at a hundred percent. Uh, but you know that I think that'll come. You know, the, the next couple of games uh, we'll start firing all cylinders. Brilliant, good to hear. Um, now your club captain, uh, sorry, team captain, was that expected when you when you signed? Uh, no, it wasn't. To be honest, uh, there, there was a little thing said about it, but I didn't really read into it. Uh, what, what, whenever obviously it was negotiating and stuff, but I just thought, you know, it's just like a kind of a little treat to try and get me to sign. But um, no, no, I didn't. Joe, uh, you know, obviously, when the gaffer uh, told me that he was going to make me a team captain for the season, Joe, you know, it's, it's something that, that I've said in previous uh, interviews. That it's, it's something that uh, me, myself, and my family uh, are very, very proud of. Uh, Joe, a massive club like Leighton Orient. Not many, not many uh, players are Joe being captain of this club, uh, especially the stature of the club. Uh, and then, what a great opportunity for me to, to prove myself here uh, and hopefully get promotion. Does it change your game much being captain with the added responsibility? Um, yes and no. Uh, Joe, I think I've always kind of been quite vocal uh, on the pitch, uh, but I think you know there's a lot of responsibility. Um, obviously because you're captain Joe if things not going right on the pitch so I have to be the first one to stand up um, Joe to make things right and order people about but to be honest I don't really think that there's much of a change in my game that the way I used to play obviously till being named captain here and finally from us targets for the season do you set yourself personal targets uh, I wouldn't say personal targets but obviously I think going into every game you want to win every game that's not possible, you know. I don't think any team's ever won a game without being unbeaten. But you know, I think uh, we, we try not to lose games. Uh, you know, 
win as many possible games, especially your home games. Joe, uh, previous experience, if you win your home games, Joe, uh, that, that's promotion uh, form. Joe, uh, you keep as many clean sheets as you possibly can. You keep clean sheets, so we've got players in the team who can go and uh, win us the games. But as, I, as in goals, um, I think just the biggest main goal, and I think that's that's came from the chairman. It's quite clear to everyone, all the fans. That's promotion. Joe, whatever way we, we have to do it, I think that's the main goal this year is get promotion. Brilliant. Thanks. So that was club captain? Yep. Uh, Robbie Weir speaking no, no, to... No, team captain. Sorry, team captain Robbie Weir speaking to you there. Sounds like a nice guy. Sounds motivated. Sounds like he knows what's going on. Absolutely. And he's a good talker. Genuinely nice guy. And he said I say said the right things. I genuinely thought that he actually meant them. It wasn't just rehearsed yeah. media training stuff. I, I genuinely thought... You know, because he didn't know what questions I was going to ask him because it came, literally, it was arranged on the day. Because yeah. we went there, I, I went there with names of players yeah. and unfortunately some weren't able to do yeah. it and others were. So um, Robbie was, was one of those that we, we spoke beforehand, wasn't it, that, that we actually yeah. wanted. So yeah, he didn't know the questions and he didn't know it was going to happen. So Interesting to see the move came around via an introductory phone call from JBW, who was on loan last season. So he was on loan at Burton uh, earlier that season, so that's that connection. Oh, so that's right. how he knows Robbie. Okay. But interesting to see that that's how the initial yes. introduction was made. But Amazing. great interview. Yeah. Um, and there'll be two more later on in the show that I look Absolutely. forward to hearing. There you so go. moving on, uh, in Sunday <laughs> afternoon, the women's team were back in action in a friendly. They beat Northampton Town 1 0. So well done to the Orient <laughs> ladies. And as always, we'll be kind of bring you the news from the ladies' team as yep. when their season kicks off. Absolutely. And Monday the 8th of August, Andy Hessenthaler spoke to George Sessions and he said uh, about Dean Cox ahead of the Fulham match, he said, I think Coxie is definitely coming into my thoughts for Tuesday. He's nearly there. Well, I say nearly, but to be honest, he's there now. He's, he's fired up, his knee is ready and he was desperate to get on at Cheltenham on Saturday and I can understand that. Unfortunately, with the problems we had, it was hard to get him out on the pitch, but he definitely comes into my thoughts for Tuesday. Which nicely leads on to Tuesday, 9th of August, <laughs> where we had Fulham at home in the League Cup. Yeah. So the team was announced in golf, Sam Sargent. Back <coughs> four was Hunter right back. Eric and Pollock centre-backs with Kennedy left back. Midfield was Massey on the right midfield with Ware and Kelly in the middle and Semedo on the left uh, with Cornick and Palmer but I think I've got that wrong because it was a bit of a 4-3-1-2-1 was it? So I thought it was a 4-2-3-1 with Weir and Kelly sitting back with yes, Massey, yeah, Massey right, Semedo yeah. and Cornick but uh, as as I was listening to it it sounded like a 4-4-1-1 with Massey, Massey giving the free roll behind yeah. Palmer. So substitutes for that match were Chisak, uh, Klahesi, Cox, McCallum, Moore, Atangana and Nandole. So quite an attacking bench. Yeah, lots of options on that bench. Good yeah. to see. So obviously lots of changes going on. So Sergeant Pollock, Hunt, Kennedy and Kelly all in, all over Fulham. Uh, changed their entire 11 from the team who had previously been in charge. Shows you the strength and depth they've got. A lot of changes depth, yeah. for both teams. Um, so your, your thoughts on the lineup? Yeah, so obviously with, with both teams making um, you know quite substantial, uh, well, Fulham in particular making quite substantial changes, I thought that Nandale and or McCallum would, would, would yeah, get a start, call. actually. Following um, Bowery and Palmer both starting in the league yeah, match beforehand. Yeah, I just thought it would see see how that would work, but not, not meant to be. Yeah, for me, following off from the Hess quote that you just said, I was really surprised that Cox didn't start that match, actually. I thought he'd be a banker to start that one. Yeah. Uh, but good to see Sergeant and Pollock start, good experience. I uh, would also suggest now that Sargent's probably ahead of Granger in the pecking order. I don't keepers. know what's going on with Granger because he wasn't in. He played a few pre seasons, but he played Greenwich Borough the Tuesday before the season started. So don't is know. he going out on loan? What, what's going on there? Don't know. So we had loads of views, so we'll just mention a couple. Um, first, it Robert Lock 14, who said, In a match like tonight, Cox and McCallum should be starting to get fitness levels up. Yes, and also Alan Abronco said, we are playing at home and we play one striker who scores six goals a season. Yep, so Ludwig Palmer playing up top by himself. I'm so not to laugh at that because that's quite funny. So like you said, we start with a 4-2-3-1. Semedo on the left, Cornick on the right, Massey behind Palmer. Good to see that Cornick can actually play on both wings. Yeah. Which is a good option to have. Absolutely. Um, it seems like he's done well. So... Um, you made a note of a fast-paced start. Yeah, both sides creating some chances, actually. It's quite end-to-end at times. Liam Kelly got booked for preventing a counter-attack, so taking one for the team. Yeah. And then in the 29th minute, the deadlock was broken when Dennis Adeniran uh, headed Fulham ahead. Unfortunately, Pollock left his man 
uh, with a free header. It was a good header, to be fair. Um, it, you know, little chance for Sargent, but you know, a, a mistake. Not going to crucify the guy for it, uh, Pollock for it at all. Um, you know, he's learning and, and he'll learn from that. So he's going to make mistakes, and it's just how he learns from him as the part of his. It was a good, good header by that guy. He was, like he was he coming at the ball well. with full momentum at, yeah. at, at pace and speed and no chance for Sargent. Yeah. Um, and you made a note about George Sessions tweeting. Yeah, he tweeted uh, something to note about Harry Cornick. He isn't that bad in the air. Won a lot of headers already out wide. Question for me is why are we playing long balls out? Like why are we playing balls out wide in the air? Why? Because by the time he's got that under control, his man's the yeah. defender's already on him. So why would you not play it on the floor to a winger? Yeah. I don't, that 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 doesn't make sense to me. But a good note from George there. Yeah, good point. And in the forty-first minute, uh, good play by Palmer on the left, who got the ball uh, to the byline. A cut back uh, for Kelly, who had a shot, but it was saved by the Fulham keeper. And a good chance there. Yeah, just a minute later, though, another chance as Oli Palmer gets the ball on the right, crosses in for Cornick, but took too long and. and but the ball went out for a corner, but um, it ended 1-0 Fulham. Yeah, at half-time. And uh, interesting stat that we saw, only 36% possession for Orient. So if you don't have the ball, you can't really do much with it. And if you don't have it, you're constantly chasing it, which yeah. gets uh, your fitness levels right down. But the fact that they had 64% possession and only scored one goal says a lot about our defending. Yeah, which absolutely. is good. Uh, one, note, uh, one tweet that we had that came in from Farmy1917 said, it's not that Fulham shouldn't lead at the half, it's that it shouldn't have been such an easy goal. Good point. Okay, Good fair point. enough. So second half kicked off uh, with no changes for the Orient and a bit of a slow start uh, for Orient, to be, to be fair. So 51st minute, Fulham doubled their lead as uh, Corley Woodrow took a free kick. It was a long way out, at least 30 to 35 yards. Uh, and to be stunning. fair to him, stunning free kick mm. right in the top corner, almost broke that net. Uh, no chance for Sargent. Great free kick, 2-0. That's a take a bow. Yeah, great goal. Take a bow. Great goal. Three minutes later, in the 54th minute, though, Fulham made it 3-0. Uh, Corley Woodrow again in, involved in this action. He outmuscled Pollock on the left, who was trying to shadow the ball out. Um, Woodrow brought the ball into the box and, and finished superbly in the bottom corner. Um, unlucky Pollock there, another mistake. He'll, he'll learn from that. Um, I thought that was very, very reminiscent of Baldry. Trying to shadow trying it out. Trying to shadow it out. Woodrow done very well. <laughs> ball in and... Great finish, and you know, question for me, I guess watching that is if Jay Simpson does go, why don't go after Woodrow? Obviously, going to get nowhere near the Fulham starting lineup um, this season. You know, the kids come come to Orient against you know a decent defence and just terrorised us because he probably after him because he'd probably go to another championship or at least a League One side. Do you think possibly like Gillingham or a Millwall took his, took his goal very well, uh, and like you said, Pollock. It can only be good for Pollock's experience who yeah, will learn from it. Absolutely. Um, and in League 2, you might not get punished by yeah. that as a good comment yeah, by, by yeah. you there. So George Sessions tweeted uh, following that goal saying, I'm a huge Pollock <coughs> fan, but he has to do better for the third goal. Ball might have gone out, but the youngsters let Rudrow run through too easily. So good summary there, that goal. Yeah, and then in the 62nd minute, there's a double substitution. Paul McCallum and Dean Cox replaced Harry Cornick and Sandro Semedo, and it's great to have them back. It was, I think they got a fantastic reception. Did, yep. uh, we then went 4-4-2 with Cox on the left, McCallum up front with Palmer. Yep, so 73rd minute, we pulled a goal back. Um, Dean Cox's corner was met by Paul McCallum, and Paul does what he does best, score goals. Uh, quality at the corner. Put the keeper in no man's land and a good finish there from Paul. So Spot on. Just shows what Coxie can do. Good corner. Keeper was like, should I come, should I not? And was kind of not really make his mind up. And then McCallum, thank you very much. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. 73rd minute. Um, just after that goal, Nigel Atangana came on to replace Robbie Weir, who wasn't very well last week at Cheltenham, but still played. That's why he played 70 minutes. Yeah. Was feeling better come the Sunday, but he probably, I don't know, this bug is absolutely yeah. decimated our, our playing camp yeah don't get that 78th minute uh, <coughs> Maxi set the ball up for Palmer who saw his shot saved by the Fulham keeper and in the 81st minute the the, the, the duo strike again um, a wonderful cross in from Coxie he's just powered that to the far post McCallum headed in uh, to make it 3-2 game on at this point um, that, that cross from Coxie I've seen that that was absolutely superb and it absolutely shows you what he can do and what we've been missing. Yeah, um, great cross. Really early. The, the quality of the cross, considering how early he took it on, was fantastic. Yep. Very brave header from McCullum. Yeah, he's under really a bit brave. of pressure there as well. So yeah, and he could, and he could have header. got a clatter from the keeper there as well, yeah. but he didn't. Um, and a good finish. And sh like you said, shows what that partnership can do. But 
No salute, interestingly no, enough, from Mr. McCallum. He, just a gesture of the stuff looking at his well patting his patting belly, his belly. and blowing out so he's not that unfit yes. I think was the message very to the interesting celebration there from young yeah, Paul must be man. careful with stuff like that yeah. um, in the 85th minute Pollock was brave uh, with a brave block to deny Woodrow his hat trick so well done Aaron um, and I think it's worth pointing out that although he's made a couple of mistakes it's not to crucify um, he's a young lad who will be learning oh, and to, to, to stick with him so well yep. done Aaron and, and three did, minutes of injury well. time played uh, but no equaliser and we go out the League Cup as Fulham <coughs> win the game 3-2 yeah despite a last few minutes of sustained pressure from Orient I think yep. we, we've not not added in there but um, yeah so three minutes of injury time got played um, like we said and we go out so after the match Andy Hessenthaler spoke to Dave Victor uh, Dave Victor done a little summary on Twitter as he always does and said Hess said that he was pleased with the response from his players he said that Oli Palmer was outstanding said that this season he needs a squad of players said he was tempted to start Dean Cox who was getting much closer to being fit and said his weight is coming down he made a real impact the reaction to being free down was tremendous and finished by saying Jay Simpson was quote unavailable yeah so he's not unfit He's not ill, he's just not available to be picked. And we'll come on to Jay shortly. Yep. The BBC London commentary team were very complimentary on Oli Palmer. And they also said how much fight Orient showed to get two goals back. Because this was the featured goal on Tuesday night on yep. BBC London. Uh, featured game on BBC London. For me, this is a great improvement on previous attitudes shown by a player. The never say die attitude. Yep. So, absolutely delighted with that. Fantastic to have got two goals back. Uh, again from Cox supplying and McCallum scoring. Fulham sounded very, very strong. It just shows you their strength yep. and depth. Uh, two mistakes from a young player who's still learning. No big issue for me to have lost this. And their second goal was genuinely a worldie. So, on to the next one for me. Your thoughts? Yeah, a uh, bit of a strange one, this, because it's a defeat. But ultimately, feels like it might have been a win. Like yeah. Lots of positives to come out from a defeat. Uh, you know, all, fan, all we want as fans is to see players play for the shirt. And we did uh, for the last 20, 25 minutes, which we haven't seen in a while. Obviously, Cox and McCullum's introduction gave us like perfect tonic. Two assists for Cox. Two goals for McCullum. Surely those two would have to start the next match. Tough game for the youngsters, but as long as they go on and take the experience and learn, it's all good. So, although not a great night in terms of result, very uh, positive and lots of things for Hess to take out of the game and on to the next one. So, following the match, again, loads of tweets uh, through Twitter, uh, loads of views through Facebook as well. So, we'll mention a selection of what we've got. So, firstly, at Richie J. Bourne, who said, The ghost of this team never gives up has reappeared. It's a loss. But a great 20 minutes at the end and great character and a fight back. Yep, at underscore Neil Patel said, so glad Coxie got his chance. Hopefully we'll salvage something from this evening, but good to see McCallum and Coxie performing. And that tweet was all the way from Croatia. So welcome wherever you are listening in the world. Thank you for getting in touch. At Ben LOFC said, superb reaction from the boys. Excellent way to end the game going into Saturday. And I must add, congratulations to Ben on the news that he's going to be a a father very soon. So congratulations, Ben. Well done. Um, next tweet came from at Wallace RM1 you cannot underestimate quality Cox has it and at League 2 level he makes a difference I think at any level for us he makes a difference really <laughs> yeah. uh, at Nick Almighty 79 said such a difference when Dean Cox and Paul McCallum came on surely first names on the team sheet for Saturday at Soph underscore Rosie underscore TFB said well Cox and Paul clearly fit so should be starting good fight back but disappointed could have won if they started. Yeah, at Johnny underscore 2699 said, if Hess had any doubts about McCallum and Dino, he better forget them. <laughs> like G- that one. Yeah, at GForce underscore Shiv, I'm proud, really proud. We gave it everything, but unfortunately it wasn't enough. It feels like a win to me. Also, great to see Cox back to business as normal. Massey, Cornick, bags of potential. Man of the match, Palmer for hard work, all 90 minutes. Yeah, at Jay Pittle said, where and Kelly can't play midfield together. Kelly looked a different player when Asangana came on. At Pank P007, other than 25 minutes of dire laziness and efficient first half and very promising last 15, who knows what our best side is yet? Yeah, and I said that before. I said, you know, in previous podcasts that with the select, with the quality of the squad, what might be the strongest starting eleven on paper might not be the best eleven that gels together. Correct. And it might take a while for Hess to find it out. So good point there uh, yep. from Pank P. Uh, at the Menace 1881. Said, is this some master plan um, from Hess? Last 20 minutes was so different. Confident passing and most importantly, some fight and desire. And I guess that's all we want as fans to see the team with fight and desire. I've said it throughout every um, 
season that we've had, I can take losing just as long as yes, yeah. as long as there is effort and yeah. everybody is putting themselves on the line for it. Tommy Tealeaf tweeted as saying, "Was McCallum's celebration aimed at the management, saying he was unfit, patting his belly, etc." Good spot there, Tommy. Think it was. Yeah, think it was. M Pallon two 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 said the impact Cox and McCallum had shows why we should be patient and not rushing them back mm-hmm. by risking further injury. So a good point. It comes at it from a different angle. Yeah, and the last word on this goes to at John Macker one nine seven seven who said promising signs. Kelly and Pollock need to get fit. Cox, McCallum, and Nige made a difference, but I have to say Palmer was excellent again. Looked like he's worked with the ball on the floor more, much better than last season. And John, thanks for your updates on the night. Genuinely appreciated because neither of us could make it. Yeah. So thank you very much. So moving on, obviously we lost uh, loads of views on that, but also following uh, Andy Hassatala's unavailable quote, there were loads of tweets that we got in. So uh, good friend of the show, Simon Bernstein, saw Jay in the ground, and after a conversation with him, he tweeted the following. So this is from Simon, who said, "Fact." Simpson doesn't want to go, but he's been asked to go. He was also asked to go last season along with Joby. I mean, that's just mental. I guess that's news to everyone. No one, we didn't know he was asked to go last season. No, but that doesn't surprise me. We also received a message from another listener of the show who spoke to Jay before the game, and he told us, Jay told me that FB wants him out and he doesn't want to leave. He said that he is settled in the area, lives five minutes from the training ground, but doesn't know what the future holds. I asked him if he was likely to play for us again and he said, you never know, but I think things have gone too far now. He also said that the owner tried to out him and Joby before the start of last season and had threatened Jay that he'll be forced to train with the youth team if he doesn't go. He said that doesn't faze him and he'll just carry on doing what he has to do. I asked him about Southend and he said that things are basically in the hands of his agent and he doesn't know what's happening. He definitely hasn't signed for them and I didn't get the impression that he wanted to or would be doing so. It seems that Bucchetti has suddenly realised that the club is breaching FFP rules, the financial fair play rules, and is trying to put it right. But what a crazy way to carry on, particularly when he's spent shed loads of money in the summer and then tries to out the first player at our club to score more than 20 goals in a season since the 1970s. So thank you very much for that comprehensive Yeah, great uh, to have. Great to have, you know. Hopefully that helps people understand a little bit more about where, where, where Jay is at. Um, and we've left that person nameless. Yes, as requested. So uh, I guess your views on Jay Simpson? <laughs> so Simpson's got a contract with the football club. Yeah. Right? I don't know what the legalities or how it was all set up or what payroll is on or whatever, but he still needs to be paid. So Jay Simpson, effectively, realistically, is still being paid by Leighton Orient Football Club. Yeah. So if you're paying him, yeah. why aren't you playing him? At the moment, you're pa- whatever he's earning, it doesn't matter, a pound a week, a thousand pound a week, a <coughs> hundred grand a week. You're still paying him, so why aren't you playing him? I guess, issue, I, I guess the issue with that is they don't want to injure him. So he, say like, oh, they so don't pay him for three weeks. Him. Okay. I, they don't pay him for three weeks and he gets a transfer out of three weeks. But if they pay him, I don't know, and he breaks his leg, then they can't sell him. True. Good point. So I don't understand the logic in not allowing Hess to play yeah. him, but you've kind of covered that for me um, well. Um, if the owner is put, If it's not that... If it's not what you've just said, if the owner, if if Bichetti is putting money into the club as equity and not as a loan, then there's no issue of the FFP. So we need something else to go yeah. on here because it's just not it's just not good enough. People were charmed by Bichetti at the Meet the President evening, but that was a charm offensive that's being undone now, in my opinion. Everyone came away from that quite positive, but it's just being undone. My friend Kieran, who took the ticket from me yesterday, uh, as I couldn't be there suggested that maybe there's a clause in his contract that he gets a bonus after so many goals or appearances or fulfilling so much of a contractual obligation maybe there's a bonus Bacchetti doesn't want to play it's something I hadn't thought of possibly don't know don't know the internet of his contract your thoughts um, very strange behaviour all round you know you've mentioned it but meet the chairman uh, Bacchetti was very complimentary of Jay and said that we wouldn't sell him uh, and that he would only consider it for the right price and that seems like he's gone exactly the other way um but maybe, you know, Bichetti thinks he's got four other strikers at the club who all, on paper, look like they've got decent pedigree. Uh, so that maybe he thinks we can afford to let Jay go due to his high wages. And, you know, if we are breaking any FFP rules, I guess Jay Simpson will have the biggest impact on the wage bill for him to come off. So, an interesting 20-odd goals last, 25 goals last season. All right, from February to May, he wasn't all that. But the guy still scored 25 goals. I don't know how any, any owner can think that it's sensible to not let, let him play. Absolutely. So, you know, those are our views. We'd love to hear more of your views on Jay Simpson. So get in contact with us via Twitter at Orient Outlook or Facebook or via email at Orient Outlook at 
outlook.com. Well done. So following that, uh, yeah. a player who made his home debut in that match was Callum Kennedy, who joined in the summer from Wimbledon. And Paul, you were lucky enough to catch up with him as well. On the open, open day, day Sunday. Sunday. So thanks again to Colin and Charlie for that. And here's what Callum had to say uh, for himself. Now joined by uh, Callum. Thank you very much indeed for, for giving up some time uh, for us. Um, welcome to Leighton Orient from, from the fans. Uh, you had it from the club. But tell us what, what made you sign for, for Orient, having obviously just been promoted with Wimbledon. You're um, coming to us. What, what, what think, was the driver? I think mainly just because of how big of a club it is. Um, I've played Leighton Orient over the years a few times, uh, back when I was at Swindon. And then obviously um, last season for Wimbledon and the last couple of seasons or whatever. And every time you come to play at this stadium, at our stadium um, you always get the feeling that it's uh, a bigger club if you, if you, than, than the League 2 standard so um, as soon as I as soon as I heard there was interest um, I think that combined with the fact that I'd worked with the gaffer before okay. um, he took me on loan to Gillingham when I was a, a younger lad from Swindon so I knew how he worked um, and I knew that he knew how I worked um, so it was it was a, a sort of a combination of those two things the fact that um, the club itself speaks speaks volumes for itself and then the fact that the gaffer I've worked with him before as well um, those two combined as soon as I heard that they were interested um, it was a no-brainer for me Okay, so what are your what are his expectations of you this season? Um, I think that he knows that I'm, I'm a, I'll always give my, my everything. Um, he knows I'm a hard worker, um, and I think he just wants me to keep progressing, um, make sure that I give consistent performances, um, do my job defensively, and then um, if I can add a bit going forward as well, then then um, I think that would be a, a bonus. Um, but just making sure I do my job, work hard every day and keep progressing and make sure that I give not only my best but um, keep improving to be the best that I can be as well. Fantastic. So you're, you've been ill so you didn't play yesterday. Uh, it's going to be tough getting into the squad though. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that uh, I've, I've always said this my whole career. I, I don't really ever feel um, competition as such. I just try and compete with myself in that sense so uh, I can't control anything else other than my own performances and what I do day in day out now Sandra has been brilliant since um, I've come here young lad coming through I think it's, it's, it's great for the club it's great for him um, and I think that yesterday he was he, he had a really good game and fair play I, I'm, I'm over the moon for him um, and that just makes it a little bit tougher for me I guess but it's, it's, it's a nice problem to have I always look for um, anything to push me that little bit harder um, so yeah I'm looking forward to um, getting my chance and then showing what I can do Fantastic and targets for the season do you set personal targets? Yeah I've got some personal goals I think um, uh, obviously it's the first one being that I want to um, help the club get promotion um, as as best we can and then the personal side of things is obviously to have a full season play play really well and then I've got a, a, a few sort of uh, personal goals that I, I, I keep to myself okay. um, on a personal level um, but yeah I'm, that I'm constantly thinking about I'm constantly trying to make sure that I'm on track to hit them all um, and I think that if I can hit my goals and we can hit our goals as a team it's going to be a very very good season promotion yeah, I'd like to think so. I think that's the, everyone's sort of main focus. Having um, obviously experienced it last season, it's something that I definitely would like to do again. Um, and I'd love to, I would absolutely love to do that in my first season coming here um, and give the fans that straight away. That would be an incredible um, sense of achievement for me and for the club as a whole. Fantastic, couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. Thanks very much for no doing worries. Cheers. Nice one, mate. Great to hear that from Kevin. Sounds like a nice guy. Uh, obviously, has said he's worked with Hess before, which is a good sign. So yeah. he knows how Hess works. <coughs> and obviously, he's proud and happy to be at Leighton Orient Football Club. Sees him as a bigger club than League Two, and I think we all do, um, to be honest. So yeah. great, great to hear. And it sounds like a wonderful guy. Like Again, happy for Samedo yeah. as well. So saying all the right things, but not a rehearsed all the right things. It's not yeah. scripted. It's not media trained. It, it sounded. And his body language, I would take from it that he's actually genuinely pleased to be here. He knows he's got a battle on his hands because Sandro's done very well. Yeah. Um, and we've not mentioned him at all, but Josh Doherty is all, also born as a left-back as well. He Watford, who's also he's done all right in pre-season. So three players now all fighting for that left-back spot. All good players, all young. Um, 
So Semedo's Sumay, been play. converted to a left back almost, yes. isn't he? So, yeah. yeah, but yeah, not the, to be the forgotten man. Good point. So Wednesday, tenth of August, Paul McCallum spoke to George Sessions following the Fulham game, uh, and he just said, "You always hear that people who have done their ACLs come back and are never the same again. I feel fit and ready, and I'm glad I can still score goals. Coxie's delivery is second to none in this division, even the division above." He knows where to put the ball, and I thrive off crosses into the box. So good to hear that from Paul. Obviously, that's following his two goals, following two Dean Cox assists there. Absolutely. Moving on to Thursday, the 11th of August. Very, very pleased to be able to wish a very happy birthday to Leighton Orient's stalwart, yes. uh, the, the, the Mr. Community, Howard Gould, yep. uh, from the Leighton Orient Trust. So happy uh, anniversary of your 21st birthday. I don't know how many that, that <laughs> might have been, but well done to you, Howard. Yep, and the birthdays continued the day after. So Friday, 12th of August, we wish uh, Dean Cox, Orient legend, the maestro, happy 29th birthday. Yeah, Andy Hessenthaler also spoke to George Sessions ahead of the Newport game on Friday and he said, we're at home and the onus is on us and we want to get off to a winning start at home, but they'll come and make it very difficult for us. We'll have our reports on them and I think the manager has made a lot of new signings and changed things around. It's not going to be an easy game. He's obviously referring to Warren Feeney of Newport County. Yes, yeah. so following uh, that we decided to run two Twitter polls to get your views on who should start versus Newport because like we'd said, a lot of big choices for Hess to make following that game. So the first we asked you who should start a central midfield partnership so gave you three options uh, with uh, another option for other so the results as follows so in third place with 23% of the vote was uh, Weir and Kelly second was Atangana and Weir with 28% uh, but your choice of who you wanted to start uh, the match in central midfield was Kelly and Atangana together there with 40% <laughs> so quite a close vote there quite overwhelming that yeah uh, so secondly we asked you who should start up front together so third place, you had Bowery and Palmer with 7%. Second place, McCallum and Palmer with 42%. And first place, McCallum and Bowery with 47%. So very close there between the top two. Yeah, so absolutely. Thanks. thanks to everyone yeah. for all your votes. Keep an eye out for further Twitter polls that we're going to be doing. Um, we'll try and keep it as interactive as we can with, you, with everybody. Uh, dates for your diary. The EFL Trophy uh, dates have been announced. So on the 30th of August, we're going to welcome home Welcome back to our home, Stevenage. Uh, on Tuesday, the 4th of October, we go away to South End. And then on Tuesday, the 8th of November, we go to Brighton away, playing their academy. Um, all kickoffs are at 7.45. So, um, dates for your diaries there. Make sure you pop them in nice and early. Yeah, absolutely. All Tuesday, all 7.45. It's fairly easy to remember. So, moving on. The last interview uh, that Paul got on Sunday's Open Day was with new signing again over the summer. Uh, Gavin Massey who signed from Colchester so great work there Mr Levy thank Getting you very three much three signings who all recently joined the club and who make their Orient Outlook podcast debuts as we speak yep and made their Orient Football Club debuts and this guy scored in the third minute of his debut here's what Gavin Massey had to say Gavin thank you very much indeed uh, for joining us you're one of the newer signings to, to the club welcome to the club what made you sign for Orient um, yeah obviously I knew there was some interest involved and um I think that the ambition of the club and everything, obviously they're in League 2 and um, they want to get back to where they should be. So, um, yeah, that's um, something I want to be a part of and hopefully we can achieve something this season. Of course, because last season it didn't quite go according to plan for, for Colchester. So, obviously the ambition of the club must have been a key driver in Yeah, definitely. Signing. Obviously, the last few years it's been tough at Colchester. It's obviously been good for my development and everything. I appreciate everything they've done. Obviously, last year wasn't to be. But, um, yeah, it's a new challenge. Hopefully, um, I've joined the team that wants to get back into League One and obviously get back to the heights where they got to Wembley and nearly got into the Championship so that's something I want to be a part of we've got a good squad here so I'm looking to do that Cool and what were your initial impressions once you'd signed for the club back in pre-season what were your initial thoughts? Um, yeah I know it's a, it's a big club obviously it's got a good fan base and everything and like I said the ambition this is key to why I, why I joined so um, everything's impressed me and um, I think the results and everything I think pre-season's gone well and obviously the result last night, um, yesterday, was obviously we obviously we'd want the three points, but I think it was a good good away point, and hopefully that can mean something towards the end of the season. So you scored on your debut, a fine goal it was. What were you thinking when Sandro put the ball over? Talk us through that goal. <laughs> yeah, I just um, I see the play building up on the left. And um, I was hanging on the back of the fullback shoulder. And as soon as Sandro looked up, he knew exactly where I wanted it. And 
as soon as he crossed it, I knew it was going in straight away. So um, yeah, it was nice. It was a nice feeling to get that goal because obviously when you're a new player, like new start of the season, you're always thinking, oh, when's your goal going to come? It's nice to break that duck, like first game, but. That's, that's over now so I've got to kick on now and hopefully get some more goals get some assists and put the team up in the table Do you have targets that you've set yourself for the season? Yeah I keep them personal to, okay. to be fair so, um, so I'll be goal? working Yeah, so got goals target and yeah, assist goals, target Yeah goals and assist targets but um, yeah I keep them personal and hopefully I'll achieve that this season Ok maybe we'll catch up with you towards the end of the season and see yeah, how you go yeah, um, So in terms of, of yesterday obviously a uh, one all draw away is, is generally nothing to be sniffed at this full first game of the season mm-hmm. Hopes for the season, obviously promotion. Yeah, definitely. I think, like I said, that's the ambitions of the club. That's why I joined. I spoke to the gaffer when I signed, and he told me what they want to achieve this season. So, nothing less than getting promoted this season. So, I think the old boys know that. The whole squad knows that, and we'll be putting working really hard to try and put everything right for that. Wicked. And any message finally for any of the Orient fans that are, that are going to be listening to this? Um, yeah, definitely. I want to say thanks for all the fans that came to the game yesterday because I think for an away support, that's the biggest I've had since I've, since I've been professional and that's yeah. really impressive. So I can't wait to um, play in front of them on Tuesday night, but mainly the first league game and hopefully they'll be um, cheering the boys on and everything. Hopefully we can all achieve something as a club. Fabulous. Thanks, thanks for so joining much. us. No Thank worries. you. So that was Gavin Massey there and that's all the interviews we've all got on the open day so well yeah. done again Paul and thanks to uh, like you said Colin and Charlie and to Gavin Callum and Robbie for doing the interviews and yeah. great to hear because I've you know, top guys yeah really really good guys really good so really nice people so that was really great so Saturday 13th of August so the under 18 started the day by beating Barnet 4-0 two goals each from Tristan Abrahams and Josh Karoma, so the under-18s just keep pounding teams, basically, don't they? Week Having week. seen Josh Karoma in pre-season games, I can see why he gets on the score sheet so much. Brilliant. He's very direct and very quick. Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. We'd like to see him uh, in and around the first team a yep. bit as well. So, coming on uh, to later in the day, we had Newport at home. Team lined up with Chisak in goal, Clahessi, Ericot, Parks and Samedo. Um, were the back four Massey, Kelly, Weir and Cox with the midfield McCallum and Palmer starting up front with the substitutes of Sam Sargent uh, as the goalkeeper Kennedy, Atangana, Hunt, Cornick, Bowery and Nandole Yep, so five changes there from Tuesday night as Chizak, Parks, Kelly, Cox and McCallum started the match and also Jay Simpson took his seat in the gallery Again, again, yeah, yep. unavailable. So very yep. interesting to see that Parks have made such a quick recovery yes. from a shoulder injury. Dislocated his shoulder last week at Cheltenham. So yep. don't know, playing through playing through the pain barrier potentially. So thank, yeah, well done to him. Yeah. On paper, I thought it was a really good side. Actually, good to see Cox and McCallum back in the side. The thing is, we didn't see much of this setup in pre-season. So it'd be interesting to see if and how this works. Uh, as I say, surprised that Parks has returned so quickly. Yeah, me, yeah, looks like a decent team. Cox and McCallum really had to be included <laughs> after Tuesday night. Although I did make a note, I did feel sorry for Nigel Atangana, you know, played well against Cheltenham. Obviously made an impact against Fulham. Didn't obviously score, but that's not really his game. No. Uh, but also looking at the bench, lots of game-changing options, so good to see. Uh, interesting uh, seeing the team alongside the results of the Twitter poll. So obviously Kelly and Weir were the third place choice on the Twitter poll who started the game. Yeah. And McCallum and Palmer came second in our Twitter poll and started the game. So really interesting. So those are our views. A few selections of what we got in terms of response to the team. Uh, at Paul R. Gregory said, looks perfect. Now go and deliver. At David, <coughs> excuse me, at, <coughs> excuse me, at David Medjik says, love the side, feel a little sorry for Atangana isn't starting, it isn't in the starting lineup, but we will win games in this team. I have to agree, Nigel's got to feel slightly yeah. hard done by, but... At Julian Fern <coughs> said, man, Jameis feels so unwell, seems he had what Joby and Nolan had. <laughs> Top tweet. At Andy underscore Homer, think that side is fair enough, although Nigel is unlucky, had forgotten Simpson was even an option. Yeah, crazy, crazy. So match kicked off, um... In sunlight, nice day. So, 11th minute, uh, Massey done well on the right, picked out Palmer, who took a touch and saw his shot saved. Yeah, there were a couple of other, I think um, the game started off quite quite quickly. Again, we couldn't yeah. make it, unfortunately, but um, it, um, but that, that was a combination of a couple of efforts that, that we'd had, and I think that Newport had had one effort, but had smashed it wide. Yeah. So, uh, 16th minute, gone, Chisak punched a free kick out to the edge of the box. The ball came to green, but his shot went well over the bar. Yeah, 31st minute, uh, tweet from George Sessions, who just said, 
There have been so many fouls in the last five minutes. The flow of the game is completely gone. And to be fair, it isn't the referee's fault. It's an interesting one there. Yeah, 34th minute. Following sloppy defending from Ericott to concede a corner, Newport took the lead as Turley tapped in at the back post as the O's couldn't clear. That was poor defending. Yeah. He slid in at, like Massey did last week, he slid in at the far post and whoever was picking him up didn't pick him up. Oh, the ball just went across the box and no one challenged it. Like, yeah. Their player got the flick on at the near post and the ball was just floating around the six-yard box and no one's attacking it or defending it or whatever. Then man went at the back post, tapping. Slid in. Yep. Easy goal. Maybe, I guess maybe you could argue that Chizak should be commanding his defence better and taking a more aggressive stance in his goal. But He isn't that kind of oh. goalkeeper though. He's not a Peter Schmeichel. He's not a screamer at players. He just lets people get on with yeah. it and he knows what he's got to do. Disappointing. Disappointing goal to concede. So, 1-0 yeah. down. 37th minute. Uh, McCann played the ball across to Cox who cuts the ball onto his right. Fired over. And in the 44th minute, so just on the stroke of half-time, the O's get a free kick. McCallum had done well to win a free kick just outside the Newport box. Dean Cox steps up. Everybody drew breath. Unfortunately, the ball went into the wall and it got cleared. Yeah, so one minute of injury time got played. Half-time whistle win. And we were 1-0 down home to Newport. So, you know, what an anti-climax. First home league game of the season. Made some massive signings at pre-season. Everyone's excited. <clears throat> and we're going down. So, to sum it up, at Stephen Orient sent us a tweet just saying, very poor half. We look unfit and lethargic. And to me, that's a massive concern. A lot of people have said that. To I us know. Though. A lot of people massive have said concern. that. Um, attendance was announced um, 4,184 with 306 away and the second half kicked off with no changes for, for Orient yeah better start to the second half so 46 minutes we get a corner uh, taken by Cox got headed forward by Weir uh, Kelly controls got taken out by uh, Butler of Newport penalty appeals but not given. Yeah, 54th minute, Palmer out-muscled the defender, set up Kelly, but unfortunately Turley made a sensational block before McCallum made a foul on the keeper. So he got to the hour <coughs> mark, Hess decided that uh, time to start introducing the sub. Fair play, good time to do yep. it around the hour mark, so bought on Bowery, uh, off of McCallum, who just apparently just went down the tunnel, didn't, didn't stay. Oh really? Apparently. Okay. 72nd minute, Cornick came on, uh, sorry, Cornick and Atangana came on for Cox and Weir. Yep, 75th minute, passed by Klehesi, uh to Cornick, uh, Shot saved by a day, and then Newport broke away, and Jackson curled one over. Yeah, and uh, in the 80th minute, Cornick's cross is won by Bowery. Kelly nearly gets the flick on, uh, nearly gets to flick it on, uh, but sorry, Kelly nearly flicks it on, and Day saves it. Palmer follows up and heads over. Yeah, and in the 84th minute, so this is the kind of uh, event that kind of got a massive reaction. And again, we weren't there, so it was my five year wedding anniversary, and you had a commitment to go to so without seeing this we can only say what's kind of been said so Attengarn and Wonderboy midfield uh, Semedo delivered a wonderful cross and Palmer from close range headed wide so without seeing it hard to say but really from gauging people's reactions really disappointing <coughs> finish there for Molly Palmer yeah and you have to if you're not creating that many guilt edge chances you've really got to be putting away the ones that you do absolutely. get absolutely in the 90th minute though Bowery found Kelly on the edge of the box he turned shot but it just went wide yeah and in five minutes <clears> of injury time were played uh, full time whistle goes as Orient crash to a very disappointing defeat at home to Newport County yeah at Dulcet Dave tweet at Dulcet Dave tweeted Hess said the first half we weren't at the races never got it wide enough disappointing came down to not defending a set play which is disappointing and it's not the start we wanted at home we've put ourselves under pressure for Tuesday yep he also spoke to Garden Orient and spoke about Nigel Atangana and said I think on Nigel's performance today he has to start the game on Tuesday I'm not going to lie and hide behind it I thought he was excellent when he came on it would be very hard to leave Nigel out after starting 11 for Tuesday it is simple as that really so I guess if you take him out I guess Kelly's got to Kelly's come out because you can't really drop your, your first team captain. Yep, absolutely. So I think that's probably going to be your lineup, and I wouldn't be surprised if it was Cornick and and Massey. Yes, agreed. Uh, yeah. On the wings, um, Hess spoke to George Sessions, and he um, Hess commented on Jay Simpson. Jay is sitting behind us in the stands. That's 25 goals we're missing, but nobody has made an offer for him. As far as I'm concerned, he's under contract. He's our player, so we need him available for Tuesday night against Stevenage be very, message to Bichetti be very interesting to see the team line up there for Tuesday and like we said you know Simpson 25 goals at home to Stevenage should be you know a game that Jay will be looking to score in so 
League table. We're still not going to mention it because it's too early in the season. We'll mention it in the next podcast. So your views on yesterday? Yeah, genuinely shocked we lost this match, to be honest with you. Slightly lost for words, um, although never too lost to give my opinion. Uh, We should be beating teams like Newport flat out. No disrespect intended, but we are a bigger club. We have a stronger squad. As I couldn't make, make the match, I've looked on social media and the general theme is sort of poor tactics. The team looked like they lack fitness. Um, and Oli Palmer really isn't the answer. As much as he runs and works hard, his end product just isn't there. And if we want pro- promotion come the end of the season, we really need a striker that's going to take their chances. And, you know, I love Oli Palmer. I have a, a huge amount of respect for him, his work ethic, and he tries hard. And, and, and God loves it. God love it. I, you know, I love a trier and, and someone that puts in their, their effort. Loved it with Dagnall. Um, but we just need someone that's got that that edge to them that they're going to take the chances my favourite player Nigel Atangana got to start on Tuesday has come on a couple of sub appearances and, and made a, a great impact uh, maybe put Palmer on the bench and start with Nandole and Bowery um, if you're not going to start with Simpson um, bring McCallum on around 60th minute if things aren't changing the reason why I'm bringing McCallum in late is just to give him a little bit more game time a little bit more uh, to get his fitness up um, don't think it's necessary to overreact, uh, overreact at this stage of the season. I understand the frustration that, that fellow fans have. The team needs supporting whether we're playing well or not. So please get behind the team on Tuesday night and, and push them for a win. Yeah, for me, disappointing defeat and a performance to match. You know, Like you've said, we shouldn't be getting beaten by teams like Newport at home. Goal defensively conceded was poor. And if you can see goals like that, you need to be forward to take the chances. And when they don't, you're not going to get anything out of matches. Uh, but good thing is we're back at Brisbane Road on Tuesday, so an immediate chance to get uh, you know the things that went wrong right point. on Tuesday, yeah. um, and you know we shouldn't really need any extra motivation at home to Stevenage, who you know Jamie Jones back, Joby back, be an interesting evening. They've got they've also got someone in their backroom staff that was with us, one of the strength and conditioning. Oh yeah, yeah. Guys. Uh, I'm concerned though that lots of you saying that Kelly and Weir can't play together. Both come in big expectation, you know decent wage and they were our two midfield marquee signings along with Massey and if they both can't be in the same team at the same time then that's a concern really is that the Gerard Lampard conundrum a little bit yeah um, so those were our views so your <coughs> views at Jim586 said if only we had a 20 plus goal season striker dot 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 at CM <laughs> Oriental said not a very good advert for fans is it inept and very very poor yet at TU Lassan14 said nothing but long ball uh, first half Nigel came on and then started playing on the deck. Samedo was a man of the match for us, again, if we have one. At Orient Fan TV, won five games in a row last season, still didn't get promoted. Things can only get better. Yeah, at Cockney Pirate 72, said no urgency until Nigel came on. Samedo was wasted at left back. At Samcast 9, Ollie Palmer thumbs down on repeat. <laughs> at David Greenwood A, said Newport favourites for relegation. They got beaten by a youth team on Tuesday. The O should have won today easy. Very poor. At Joe underscore Pavitt said, Semedo, Cornick and Clahessi were our best today. Defending was weak, couldn't it? A barn door, Palmer should have scored. At Orient Dave just said, terrible, deeply concerned. That is not a team. No one talking to each other out there. And as for Palmer, an embarrassment. That's a bit harsh. At Orient Chris, awful at home. No discernible tactics. Don't take chances. Defensive errors. Star player in the stand. Sound familiar. <laughs> at Vintel with 73, said McCallum and Cox, way off the pace. Cornick looks bright. Other than that, though, very poor. At Dirk Turk, dreadful against a dreadful team. (laughs) At Boatsy, just said shocking. We should never lose to a team like Newport. And no disrespect to them, they came and they got the points. At Ed Sylvester 1, I really don't know why I bother. Such a huge disappointment. All my optimism has now evaporated after that poor performance. At Jimbo 1404, said, I thought Atangana should start in front of Weir, who didn't look match fit. Also, to have Simpson sitting in the stand when Palmer plays is ridiculous. Has Bichetti learned? Uh, not learned that forcing people out does not work. Yeah. At ALB5399 said, can we release Palmer? <laughs> At Wells1881 Lee said, shocking game. Early days but could be a long, hard winter. <sighs> right. At Josh Baker 13 underscore. I don't see Orient fans. I don't see how Orient fans rate Palmer. Their logic is you score five goals a season and work hard, you're the best striker at the club. Right, that's the logic. Palmer, 5 in 45. Nandule, 4 in 17. Oh, but he works so hard. Palmer is a fraud. His non-league standard punching above his weight. 
Interesting stats here. I've never looked at the stats, so that's no. quite an eye-opener for me, to be fair. At Mid-Table Obscure, said, more diving header practice during the week, please. And that was in response to, obviously, Oli Palmer's miss. At LOFC1978, absolute shambles. Forwards are embarrassing. Midfield is weak. Crosses from wide men poor all game. Simpson situation a joke. McCallum stropped for most of the game. Palmer is not, is, is not repeat, not a footballer. 100% effort, 0% ability, would rather Nandole. Him and Josh Baker have got quite a... Similar mindset. Yeah, there's quite a lot of thought in them. El Cuado said, not going to get two down, as last season we got off to a flyer, but the following 41 games didn't look like troubling top seven. Saying that, we really need to sort out the Simpson situation. Having a 25-goal-a-season striker in the stands is criminal. So a lot of tweets about Jay Simpson being sat in the stands while we're missing easy chances. chances. Yep. At Stew, how can Hess not know his first team after pre-season? Devoid of ideas, no passion, no fight, and Newport wanted it more. I am inclined to agree with that very strongly because pre-season, the last few games of pre-season ought to be where you're trying out your first team and getting them playing with each other um, so that they know. That's the purpose of pre-season. It's fitness in the first few games, but the last couple of games, you ought to be putting your first 11s out so that they can get into the throes of learning each other because you've got two or three game head start. That's what Russell Slade always used to do. See where you're coming from. Disagree slightly. In what way? Like, you don't want... If you play your first 11 in your last three weeks up to pre-season and you, three or four get injured, then you're screwed. I know what you're saying, but that's what the training ground's for. Mm. Uh, at Taser Junior so which park did we pick Ware and Kelly up from the diagonal ball we play is so obvious and easy to defend defence was solid though uh, Wadsey uh, says didn't look creative enough till Cornick and Atangana came on likeable as he is Palmer isn't the answer should have scored the occasional one says how can we have players that don't fancy it I don't fancy posting mail five days a week but I've got to at Barry Mittelman like last Saturday bright for the first 15 with good tempo then not much again what was the half-time team talk? Not convinced yeah, by Hess. Good point about the half-time team talk, actually. Didn't, didn't what think was going on, yeah. At All In Jeech said, Ericot is maybe the worst centre-back we've had for a while. Lost every header and no idea where the forwards were. Nigel and Cornick have to start on Tuesday. At LOFC, Chaz can't stand fans moaning about Palmer. Not a, not a goal scorer, but his general play and how hard he works is exceptional. At Samuel, LOFC 97 said, same old rubbish. Long hopeful balls forward. No urgency. No, no final ball. Wayne and Kelly can't play together. Nigel has to start. At Bruce Boy 13. Poor performance. Clessy useless again. Cornick and Nigel made things happen, but not creating enough and defence looks shaky. At the Authentic Gaz. So difficult to imagine that it was 11 players who had ever met each other before. A terrible performance today. Andy underscore PO16. While I love a trier, I'd rather someone who scores 20 plus a season. Palmer is non-league standard. At Josh34486 says, being hard to beat is a must for any team challenging to go up. Selections were wrong and Hess must take the blame. At Stiggy64, poor defending of set pieces into the box and lack of creativity. Sound familiar? Wish Alex would command the box. The only criticism from Alex. From, from Alex yeah. Just, At Tor Bartram underscore said, we looked awful second half. We didn't know what to do with the ball in the final third. And we need people to run at defenders. At LEJ88, didn't play as a team or impose a style of play. Too many new faces over the summer, I think. Should have kept James and Baldry. The only bright spot was Cornick. Play for 15, was, was Cornick. Play for 15 minutes, yet man of the match. Always offers the ball, uh, then looks to get forward and create. Yeah, JD0028258 yeah, says, Nigel Asangana was man of the match. It was only on for 15 minutes. Evan Cornick changed the game. Atangana, the best central midfield player at the club by a mile. So, again, very high praise for Atangana and Cornick yeah. as well. was getting lo loads of plaudits. Good. At Alan underscore E underscore LOFC, I can't understand why Nigel Atangana didn't start a game today. He came on against Fulham Tuesday night and, and played and bossed the midfield. And again today when he came on, we need this Simpson saga sorted and fast and get another striker. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe that's the Bichetti influence. Maybe, you know, he wants Ware and Kelly in the middle. He's paid yeah. decent money for Kelly <coughs> to get him out of Oldham. And Ware, like you said, is the captain. So it's Continuing from last season, yeah. interfering with team, team and squad. And obviously the whole Simpson saga, which continues to rumble on. Mm. So, two tweets positively to end on our Twitter uh, selection. So, at GavinB1001 said, some fans are getting carried away. It's a new manager and squad. Let's give them time to gel. We have 44 games left. At M-O-P-H-O said, I think the team has potential. They will settle down in jail. Remember, we thought we were on fire this time last year. Yeah. So, 
Good points and, and very good points and level headedness to end on. Yeah, so thanks for all your tweets there. Really interested in reading the tweets after the Newport game against the Fulham game, where obviously everyone was very pro Palmer. You know, he'd worked hard, worked very hard, didn't score, but had worked hard, and then following on from a bad miss yesterday, lots of criticism starting to come for Palmer. So it just shows you how quickly opinions, opinions and views can change. You know, what happens if Palmer starts on Tuesday, Tuesday. and scores a hat trick? You know, yeah. unlikely, but what you know, it's that's football for you that's so it. thanks for all your tweets we couldn't mention all of them because we had an obscene amount but it's great we get so many so keep them coming absolutely prediction league no prediction league winners today in fact I think only one person predicted a loss it was only only Jay Lillington predict- so Jay Lillington last season predicted a nil-nil every game and I think he didn't get any and um, he predicted a 3-2 defeat yesterday the only um, defeat we had predicted by a goal as well yeah so yeah. okay Apart from that, yep, no prediction update. Uh, so to follow in the next episode, and we've also started our own fantasy football league um, going. So if you are doing fantasy football league on fantasypremier.com, check our Twitter timeline for the code and get joining. I think at the last count we had about thirty-seven teams really uh, in there. So get cracking, get your teams uh, ready. You can join any time. So I'm taking a hiatus this year. I always say I'll do it and I'll never get involved but every Saturday morning I end up sitting down studying form, looking at this, yeah. that and the other and it just drives me mad. Well so I've I'm got, um, it, this year, I've got Jakubovic as my substitute goalkeeper <coughs> or awesome. Hull and Moses, even though he's injured, has to go in and he's in and Charlie Daniel. So, you, you know, plus Harry Kane. That's four XR in there. So loving your get work. And if you are on it, come and join us. Cool. So positives and negatives from the past week. Um, positives are that Cox and McCallum have made their comeback. Yeah, I think very evident on Tuesday night as opposed to yesterday. So I'm thinking that the Cox and McCallum will probably be the impact subs for the next two or three weeks to give them a chance yeah. to get their sharpness back up. Following yesterday's game, you'd probably think so. You'd hope yeah. so. Uh, good character shown by the team on Tuesday night to come back from three down uh, yep. to, to get two goals back and Cornick and Semedo continue to impress yeah very good points there. obviously Cornick as we mentioned lots of plaudits yeah, as well as our Nigel and Garner as well and Cornick can play either left wing or right wing so good options so negatives uh, so firstly we lost the game yesterday we shouldn't lose really you know to one of the favourites for relegation this season really poor defeat secondly poor tactics versus Newport you know no plan B it just seemed to be the same old long ball and not good, not good at all. And thirdly, you mentioned again with a few tweets, fitness levels look like they're lacking. You know, we should be, this is where f- players' fitness should be absolutely flying. I know we've had like a bad You're bug, right. but really disappointing. So to end on, a bit of humour. So last humor. night, well, Saturday evening, uh, we posted a pic of Hess, ah. Bichetti and others on the pitch talking. It was a picture uh, of Hess with his arms wide, looking like he was... Maybe shouting down at Hess. Uh, really good photo. Uh, courtesy of George Sessions, who tweeted the photo. Um, so we asked for your funny caption ideas. We had loads. Come to yeah. Uh, um, we had loads, and uh, the best few were as follows. So at Pandemonium says, um, anyone got any ideas? Alessandro looks away. Vito looks at the floor. And the other bloke scratches his head. <laughs> At Boatsy said, hands up, who's picked today's team? <laughs> At David Magic says, this is why I picked the team. Yeah, in reference I'm to not gonna, Bichetti. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to do Italian accents. Yeah, At Jamie Stripes says, well, I only picked the team, don't look at me, which is what Hess will be saying today. At Peakins said, yes, they are bootcut jeans I'm wearing. you got a problem with that, Andy? Fantastic. Uh, At Paul R. Gregory said, look, I don't want to kick your butt again. But after that performance, yep, <laughs> at Mark Shepherd underscore seventy nine AA thinking maybe a scoreboard behind the goal <laughs> might help Ollie see it. At the unexpected item O said, "What we need is a striker who can score twenty five in a season." Oh, damn, I've just put him up for sale. <laughs> at I am Jay Snelling says, "I'm the letter Y for why keep the why keep playing the long balls because Bichette is standing there stands, with yeah. his arms wide." Yeah, um, at the O in Aloha said, "Whatever FB's saying, Hess is thinking clowns to the left of me." Jokers to the right, here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Brilliant. Good. That was my favourite, I think. Um, and on Facebook, Andrew Brown said, Francesca Bassetti saying, so, which one of you idiots picked Palmer? Andy Hessentyler. That'll be you, boss. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. I've been towered. Uh, Francesca Bassetti asking, is it raining? And it has to says, no boss, it's Newport peeing all over us. Wow. At Nick Ran- uh, so Nick Ransom on Facebook said, what do you mean if you win Tuesday, you can't kick me back? Yeah, and this was my favourite uh, on Twitter from at Mr. Fingermajig saying, did you see the size of the girl Palmer has bought with him? Don't worry, boss, he still won't score. <laughs> very, very good. So coming on to our 
hero of the week. Um, so we're going to give it to a man who's made two big impacts as a substitute this week. Unlucky not to start yesterday and should definitely start on Tuesday as said by Hess. So well done to our hero of the week. Mr. Nigel Atangana for two impressive player. performances. Yep. Worth a mention though for Semedo and Cornick who also had decent weeks unlucky not to win. Uh, and we hope you know, <coughs> Nigel starts and smashes it on Tuesday. Yep. Ne- next week's fixtures, we have got two um, in League Two. Uh, as League Two uh, cruises on, uh, we've got two games in a week. On Tuesday, yep. we welcome Stevenage to Brisbane Road. Yep, they will bring back recently departed Joby McEnough and who will no Jamie doubt Jones. score and will run the game don't jinx score. it yeah. do not jinx it um, Jamie Jones will probably have a worldie yep. uh, Stevenage have played two games this season they've got one point from six yep. uh, same as us and then on Saturday we travel to newly promoted Grimsby Town who lost to a last minute Wickham goal on Saturday and they've got three points from six so um, yeah that is pretty much yeah. it for us this week yeah so um, thanks for joining us for episode 75 a disappointing week with two home games and two defeats so there were positives uh, after the Fulham match uh, but it's hard to find many positives from yesterday's Newport game so a big week coming up for Hess and the squad with two games that again we should be winning on paper you know Stevenage home Grimsby away Yeah, but with Orient you never know what will happen but you know it will be a roller coaster ride Grimsby will be an unknown entity because they've just come up but it'll still be a tough game but we on paper again we should be we should be beating it uh, we should be beating them so we'll be back with episode 76 at a date to be confirmed yes, so um, we can't quite get a date sorted because of uh, commitments that we've both yeah. got but we will be back with episode 76 of all the um, all the information and views that you could ever need and as always we look forward to hearing from you please do keep calm support the team listen to the Orient Outlook podcast as we now play out with um, the, the song from The Greater Game we'll yeah. see you soon have a great week up the O's